0: Change careers, break into new industries, transition into new roles, reinvent yourself and make the dent you want. This is the Second Breaks Podcast. And now, here's your host and fellow Second Breaker, Lou Blazer. Hello, hello, my friend. This is Episode 7 of the Second Breaks Podcast, and it's Monday, June 26th. I'm hoping you don't hear the thunder in the background because we're having a thunderstorm here in Clearwater as I record this episode. Right, today, my guest is Adrian Machina, and we're talking about how she designs and manages her portfolio career. Now. You've heard about portfolio careers in the past, usually from seniors, semi-retired executives who want to say goodbye to their full-time corporate roles. So think board seats and adjunct professorships, some consulting roles, some lectures, maybe some writing on the side or even a book contract. So, um, so that's the kind of thing we've heard, right? So, but I'm hearing this trend more and more in younger professionals where they are opting to create an intentionally designed medley of roles instead of one corporate job. Now, this is partly, I think, because more and more people want to pursue multiple interests. Um, People have different skill sets and interests they want to grow into. They want to show up in the world in different ways. They want to make an impact in more than just one area. So they uh, purposely choose to pursue different careers at the same time. I think it's also partly because um, it's in response to the changing workplace practices. There's a rise of a contractual or project-based hiring where companies are hiring for project-specific roles. or so people are beginning to uh, uh, also come up with uh, their portfolio of different projects that they're involved with, right, to come up with a, a full-picture now, Adrian Machina has chosen to have a portfolio career and she's been thriving in her uniquely designed career for quite some time now. And so I got to interview her to find out exactly how it works, you know, time management and financial management when you have multiple sources of income. How does that work, right? To prioritization, to choosing what she says yes to or what she says no to, right? So I think you're going to hear... Uh, you know some behind the scenes insight to how one actually makes a portfolio career happen and how does it how does one actually make it work um also it might spark some interest in you you never know right so this might just be the kind of career that uh you'd want to go forward with Now just a couple of things before I switch to the conversation with Adrian. One, I would like to invite you to How to Make a Confident Career Move. This is a seven day free course, and you'll find the link to register for it. when you go to the companion website to this podcast, secondbreaks.com. In this course, I deconstruct what it takes to make a confident career move in today's world. And I share the five pillars that you're going to want to make sure that you plan for. So I would love to see you inside the course. So don't forget to sign up for that. Uh, you'll find again, if you go to secondbreaks.com, you'll find the links all over the place. So you won't, uh, you'll miss it. Secondly, I would really appreciate your help. Uh, if you would leave me a rating on iTunes, I've asked for this before, and I will continue to ask for your review. Uh, because in the world of podcasting, that's just how it works. Um I do this podcast to help people who are looking to make a career move or a career change and your rating and your review will really help get this podcast in front of those people who could use the information. It's very easy. Won't take much of your time. Simply go to iTunes, search for the Second Breaks podcast, then go to the tab that says ratings and review. And that's it. Thank you so much with that let me transition to my chat with adrian and i'll catch you at the back end hello adrian welcome to second breaks thank you for spending some time with me today
1: Thanks for having me, Lou.
0: So just a brief introduction. Adrian is actually a powerhouse. She's a marketing strategist, a speaker. She's an instructor. She's a copywriter. She's involved with so many projects that we're going to talk about today. So, uh, Adrian, maybe I was thinking, talk a little bit about what you do today, sort of like your day job, so to speak. What do you do? What is tornado marketing all about?
1: Yeah. So Tornado Marketing started as uh, doing consulting, so doing a lot of copywriting consulting for different professional service companies. So a lot of Microsoft partners, consultants, lawyers, chiropractors, you know, things along that line. So I do strategy, marketing automation, and words. So I love the tech too, I can't help it, I just dig in. Anyway, so that is primarily what Tornado Marketing does. But in addition, I teach at the University of Wisconsin. I teach the, uh, at, the school of small, at the School of Business at their Small Business Development Center. So I teach brand new business owners and then emerging entrepreneurs who are going for VC funding or really need to have a more formulated business plan. So two levels there. Um, and then I do a lot of speaking uh, companies hire me privately. So I travel around the country uh, doing different speaking engagements for different clients Oh my goodness. Um, and that's, yeah. And that's what tornado marketing does. But <laughs> so, in addition to that, yes, yes. Exactly, in addition right? to that, I'm part of a uh, startup called pause by Ono, And we are launching a product this summer called I am canine. And it is the first baby monitor essentially for dogs and cars. So it's to prevent dogs from dying of heat stroke. There's an alarm system. It's just a really cool, fantastic oh, tool. Cool. So, yeah. um, I was, I was checking you out on LinkedIn.
0: <laughs> and I know, I know that you've owned this business, uh, tornado marketing for a bit, for a while. So I was wondering, have you ever been employed as part of your traditional corporate sort of structure where you had a boss,
1: that kind of oh, stuff? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I had a boss. That's just now I have my own, i my own boss. <laughs> so right out of college, one of my first real jobs, I actually started, I couldn't find a job when I, uh, um got out of college, the the economy was really tight. So I took a job as a temp, and I landed in the most beautiful spot with amazing people. I was the fifth employee hired. I think by the time we left, we'd grown to about two hundred and fifty, I would say. So uh, it was just it was just a rocket launch, and I was running sales and marketing. It was just such a blast. Um, and then when I moved to California, I did a similar thing where I started with a company they had about 15 people. We grew to about 50, which was pretty much the lifestyle cap that the owner wanted to reach. And then, you know, I I got my, you know, little wanderlust. And I am somebody who always wants to be in growth mode. So um, have you ever done the disc profile, Lou? Yes. Yeah. 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 So I'm a fast starter. So I love the dig in, turn it around. And that's how the tornado marketing came, name came from, because I just love just getting in there, ripping out what's not working, replacing it, getting it all set up, training people, and then and then they can run their own thing and I go on to the next. So,
0: so was that always, were you always involved with marketing or is that something that you kind of
1: fell into afterwards? Well, I started, so that first job right out of college, I was in sales. And so And this is, you know, before email, I know I'm totally dating myself, but there was no email. I think we just started to get computers on our desks for the first time. It was was a long time ago. Mm -hmm. And anyway, so my job in sales, I was either uh, cold calling or I was on a plane probably two weeks out of every month. And not only that, but I had to carry this big, huge projector and screen everywhere I went. I mean, it was like lugging a hundred pound elephant behind me. And so I spent two weeks every month on airplanes, the rest of the time, you know, in the office calling. And so when marketing started coming out and desktop publishing, and I could start to create materials and I recognized that I really had a gift for, uh, well, I always knew I was an excellent writer, but I especially had a gift for marketing writing. And it, And the way I could see that accelerate my sales just made me really excited. And I think it's one of the differentiators of what makes me different than other marketers because I didn't go to school for marketing. Uh-huh. I, I was in international relations, I speak French, uh, French was my minor, because um, I wanted, I like to be the ambassador. And I think it's funny because marketing is very much like the, being the ambassador of your company. and and But because I come from that sales background, Everything I do is to drive a sales result. So unlike other people who may have gone to school for graphic design or something like that, where they're more focused on the how it looks, I'm more focused on what is it going to do for me and where can I make shortcuts and where can I not? Gotcha.
0: Do you remember when you decided to start Tornado Marketing, do you remember whether you had any sort of uh, qualms about it or were you just the go getter? No, I'm going to do this and
1: I'm sure about it. Do you remember how you were feeling or thinking about? Yep. So when I left my job, I was, I am going to start this business. And I, and I loved the company that I I was at. I, I loved it. I love the people, but I just had reached you know, uh, I don't want to keep doing the same thing quarter after quarter. And so um, I was going to start my own business. That was July 2005. And somebody came in with the sweet offer, good money, uh, stock options, and I bailed. And I was like, oh, I'm going to take that. So I took that. And it just turned out to be, I was there, only six months. It was a disaster. Mm. Um, But it really just reinforced the I am meant to run my own business. So I just but yeah, I got told I I was in I jumped and then I got cold feet and went right back into it. And I went, Nope, this is not for me. So yeah, yeah.
0: that's a good gut check, right?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yeah. You're like, Oh, what did I do? A mistake.
0: So now you have this portfolio, I want to call it, of careers being a marketing strategist. You have a business that you're running. You're a speaker. You're a teacher. Uh, you do copywriting. So it which is very different from your traditional sort of one job, one career. Mm-hmm. You know, you have a job in the office and you spend all that time um, on that job and you kind of move up or hope you move up, that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. So can you talk a little bit about how you La- I want to call it landed on this career model was it intentional like when you decided to leave the corporate world did you say this is the kind of thing I wanted to do or it's something that you kind of fell into as you were building tornado
1: marketing uh, no it was very intentional like I always knew I wanted to be an author a speaker and a copywriter mm-hmm. so I'm I'm working on that first book It it's coming but uh yeah I'm like I'm like 20,000 words in but there's a uh, ways to go um, so no, it was very intentional. And I always knew, you know, I think one of the gifts of being a little bit ADD, and I think also our gifts as being women is we are good naturally at multitasking and just making sure that, you know, everybody's got some coverage. So, you know, I definitely created it very deliberately.
0: Gotcha. So I can imagine time management being a sort of a, a big deal, Um, I can remember when I had just one job and time management was already an issue. So and then in your case, you have these different things that you're juggling. And and I'm going to go back to that latest uh, venture that you talked about, which is very different again. But Mm -hmm. so, how do you how do you handle time management in a portfolio kind of career?
1: Yeah, so I you have to be very deliberate about it, and especially for me, because I am you know, I, I, I kind of think, oh, yeah, that'll be no problem. And what I've recognized becoming more self-aware is that, uh, no, you, you don't want to overcommit and then not be able to deliver. So I have uh, so I create a separate calendar. So in either Gmail or Outlook, I use Outlook, you can create a separate calendar. And so I block my time. So like, say I take on a client and I say, okay, this client is going to, they've signed up for 20 hours a month of services. I will block out that time on this calendar. So it's not, it's different than my meeting calendar because I know I can move those blocks of time. Mm -hmm. Uh, But then that way I'm very structured in what I'm working on and when I'm working on it so that I don't get into the, what I call sprinkler system. And so when I am... When I'm being ineffective, it's like I'm just putting a little tiny bit of water on every little thing and I just go around and it can drive you absolutely insane. Now, there are mornings where I have to do that because I'm like I'm checking everybody's Twitter feed and I'm, you know, and I have to do that sprinkler thing. But to to really be uh in flow, in copywriting or in building a strategy, you need a block of two or three hours where you can think of that client, nothing else, turn off the world and make that happen. Gotcha. Um, and then I would say the other thing about that is it's not always going to work. So there's, so you are going to block out that time and then all of a sudden the client's going to call you and say, hey, I forgot to tell you, but we are doing this open house and I need this brochure and can we have it by, you know, Friday or this something happened and I need. And so there's times where I do work until midnight or whatever it takes to get it done. And Mm -hmm. especially if I've said I'm going to do something, Mm -hmm. I will do whatever it takes to get it done. So you have to be surrounded by people who recognize that you're not a workaholic. And and because I'm not like I turn off my work at six o'clock every night. But if I have overcommitted and I need to do something, my integrity comes higher than my. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And it just and then I just learn the lesson and try not to do that again. And so so, for example,
0: when you are when you you have you have a teaching commitment at the university. So while when when it's in session, you you still accept clients on the side or speaking so it's all simultaneously happening right it's all simultaneously
1: happening yep and at the university i just teach a few evening classes so it's you know it's not like i have this huge course load that you know
0: I have to manage. Yes, yeah. Well, I imagine that, uh, also because I know you will, you know, you get excited by all these. Well, that's a wonderful thing, right? Cause you get excited by these wonderful projects that fall in yeah. your lap and, Oh, I can do this. Um, so how do you decide whether this is something I want to do? No, right. this is fun, but no, Adrian, we shouldn't do that. So how do you decide which gets onto your portfolio?
1: Yeah. So, you know, it really comes down to gut check. And then um, and it's also a matter between cash flow and long term building. So, for example, right now with like my IMI canine uh, business, you know, that's going to be a long term thing. So I can dedicate a certain amount of time to it, but I can't do it full time until there's cash flow there. So that's one of the things I always consider is how much I can put into like. R&D to build something whether because it may or may not work. Right. So it's a little bit of a gamble. Like I believe in myself and I believe in my partners. Um, But so so one of them is cash flow. The second one is just looking at the opportunity and just see if it feels right. Like if it aligns like if I'm I want to be like a hell yes. And I am really trying to embrace that because I have not always been that way. I've been like Oh sure, I can help. You know, and then I'm like, oh, why did I say I'd do that? Yeah. So I'm, I'm really, really making concerted effort to be better at saying no, unless I really feel in my soul, oh my gosh, I have to be a part of this. This is, you know, going to make a difference in the world, and um, that's what I want to do. Yeah,
0: I imagine that earlier in the process when you were starting Tornado Marketing or earlier, in the early years. (laughs) In the early years, yes. That that you had those um, experiences where you said yes to a project that uh, maybe initially it sounded good. Yeah. But then it turned out not so good.
1: Um, Right. I've had that. Or I've (laughs) had the, I shouldn't take this on, but I needed the cash flow, so I did it anyway. And I was like, oh, that was a mistake. Right, right. That was my mistake.
0: So do you have any... Uh, suggestions for say someone gets involved into a project say for example if I got involved into a project and then uh, maybe relatively quickly from the Mm -hmm. point when I said yes Mm -hmm. I realized this isn't a right project after all for me to get involved with Mm -hmm. do you have any suggestions as to how I might be able to uh, uh, handle that or do I just because I said yes already do I just go right. with it?
1: Or? Well, I guess it depends like how short or long term. So like if you said you'll do a speaking gig and it's two hours, you know, I would I would probably not back out of that. I would mm-hmm. do it because it's short term. But but if you're getting into a longer term, like a partnership or a venture that you're going to be working together for long term, you know, I just I just feel like you have to be honest and and but also not be hurtful. So, yes, you know. I just don't have time on my schedule to make this or it's just, you know, and all the things I've got going on, I can't prioritize this. And if you're really passionate about it, I think you need to find somebody else to fill that gap, Mm -hmm. you know, and I've had to do that a couple of times recently and it's just hard, but at the same time, I know if I say yes, I'm going to overcommit and then I'm not going to be putting hundred percent in. And it's not fair to anybody to do it that Mm -hmm, way. Like mm -hmm. I want everything I do to have High quality, high integrity, you know, and and the other people then they can find somebody else who's equally passionate. And so to me, it's a win win. And and I talk about this in my marketing classes as well. Uh, I think when people are starting businesses, they fear the rejection. Mm. And I think one of the things that I've uh, aligned really closely to in my in my dating life as well as my marketing life is the there's a fit not fit, and it doesn't mean bad or good it's just fit, not fit. So, you know, if you are, you know, in the dating world, like, you know, you covered with tattoos and you like to ride your Harley every weekend, probably not going to fit with the Southern belle who, you know, wants to spend the weekend at church. And there's nothing wrong with either thing, but it's just not a fit. Mm-hmm. And I've gotten really good over the years, uh, especially in picking clients to know who is going to be a fit and who's not going to be a fit, because I really only have so many hours of my day. And I don't want to work with people that I don't want to work with. I really want people who energize, inspire me, and I think they're doing, you know, good work and uh, are, e- you know, easy to work with and take my, you know, and take my advice because I've had, I think marketing is a little bit of a yin and yang with the with the business owner because they're like, oh, I don't want to spend money and I don't, you know, I don't want to reveal these things. Um, so you need somebody who's going to be willing to go through some transformation. Mm right? Like you can't, you know, there's that saying, nobody can do your pushups for you. So I can give you all the best advice in the world. But if the company is not willing to turn the ship a little bit, there's little I can do to create the results I want. That's true.
0: I also like that fit not fit um, philosophy, because that works in a lot that applies into a lot of things, even, even if not, not in the business world, but as you're saying in a dating world, but even Let's say you are interviewing for a job and you kind of feel it, you know, you kind of have a feeling, right? Then you sort of, you know that it's not a right fit, but then sometimes we accept the job offer and then figure out seven months later, this is not the right job for us.
1: So kind of listen to that part, right? Right. And we talk ourselves into it. And I think, I think those decisions really have to be heart decisions and not head decisions. Because if you go through the pros and cons, like you said, of taking the job well, it's steady income, and it's you know health insurance, and and so it's the it's the thing you know. And even if it's not the thing you want, it's quantifiable. Whereas if you start your own business, it's what's going to happen, and you know you eat what you kill. So that's it, right. That's right. It, it, it is. It is a uh, hard you know. So I say I, it has to be a heart heart decision, not
0: just, a head decision. Just a, just as a segue. Oh my goodness, you brought me back to my days when I was a consultant, because that was what something we used to say, you eat what you kill. And so, oh my God, I hadn't heard that in a long <laughs> yeah, time. So thank yeah. you for reminding yeah. me about that. Yeah. Um, so you, you talked about, you know, so one of the considerations usually uh, is the whole financial stability, quote unquote, financial stability, right? Or the insurance and the twice a month paycheck and that kind of stuff. So how do you manage that? If you don't mind, Adrian, talking to us a little bit about how you manage the financial anxiety with having a portfolio
1: career
0: versus yep. like your stable, you know, job, right?
1: So again, I think it starts with uh, being deliberate with your business model. So for me, I take three to four retainer clients that I work with month in and month out. So in some ways, I can count on that paycheck. And one of the things I say to them is, I can't reserve the time for you because time is my only inventory. So I can't reserve the time without some monetary commitment. So those companies pay me a monthly amount and then, you know, if they go over or under, you know, we work that out. Each of them have different agreements. So I, I usually have about four of those. And then sometimes I'll take on some smaller, like, little projects in, in between. Um, but that's the way. And then and then that still gives me enough time that I have some free time for the I, my canine to launch that product. And uh, some of the other things I want to do, the speaking engagements and putting my trainings online uh, but those but the thing is, my things are the first to fall off the plate. And of course. Right? So Isn't I need right? to yeah. So that's what I'm working on is putting Adrian's projects a little more front and center. And and that's one of the reasons I've gotten really serious about the time blocking. Because just like um, I think I shared with you at one time, Lou, that, you know, I've lost like 50 pounds. Mm -hmm. Yes, Um, yes. And one of the ways you do that is you block the time and you go to the gym and you block the time to go to the grocery store and to make the meals. And so what I've learned is if you want to change, you have to have the time to make the change. Yeah, so that's true. Well, I, I in fact, an- that's
0: a, that's another thing that we had to add to your list. Didn't you get certified? Something you were certified? Yeah, yoga yeah, well, something
1: it, or what? What was it? Yeah. So now I'm a group trainer. So I'm a trainer at the gym as another uh, job. Uh, I'm just subbing though right now because I just said I don't really have time to commit to taking on a full class. But I I love it and I and I do it to pay it forward and I think it's the same reason that gives me motivation for marketing because. In my family, we didn't talk a lot about money. So at first, those conversations were hard. It wasn't as hard when I was working for a company to ask for money, but ask for money for me was just like, how much am I worth? And it just goes on to all, ugh. But um, I think what what has uh, changed is that that shift. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's good. Um, so you talked about this last business venture. I think this is brand new, right? This is a, a pretty Yeah, new- brand new,
1: like just... Yeah. Like uh, six weeks or something like yeah. really soon. Yeah. What What's it called again? So the company is called Pause by Ono and that is my business partner's uh, first dog was named Ono. And uh, the product is called I, my canine. So it's a, it's a, it's basically a baby monitor for your car. It's got a camera system you can put in your car, you can move it to other cars and then it's an app on your phone. And then there's a sensor on the dog's collar. So basically when you leave the car, it turns on in the background and if the temperature gets too warm or too hot, you lose connectivity. It'll send you alerts. Mm -hmm. So we've got, you know, and and it's funny because I used to sit on the, I also sit on a couple not-for-profit boards just in my spare time. Um, But one of them I used to sit on was for the police canines here in town. So it was just a match made in heaven when, so my business partner, Karen, who's wonderful, love her. um, She attended one of my classes at the UW and then she approached me and said, I really need some marketing help because she is brilliant, uh, but her day job, she's a surgical physician's assistant. So we are very much the yin and yang. She is just, she is serious and deliberate. And I mean, I would trust her with my life in a heartbeat. And, And from the moment I met her, I was just like in my gut, I was like, this is a really good person. And she's put together a fabulous product and she's really deep into the development. So we're actually launching this summer. So I just started, I just started the marketing. So I just got the website up we're doing the social media marketing, but you know, that's one of those things when she approached me and I was just like, what does my gut say? I was like, yeah, I am totally in. I'm really excited about this because I'm such a dog lover. Um, you know, my, my little pup just passed away and, and she would always overheat. And I'm like, so I just don't, yeah, I just don't want dogs dying in cars and, and you have to leave them sometimes. I mean, And that's the thing. That's sometimes the pushback is people go, well, you should never leave your dog in your car. Well, you get to the park and it says no dogs allowed. What are you going to do? Right. So it's just a way of keeping dogs. Yeah, that's good. Well, actually, as you were talking about how you fell into
0: uh, this venture, it reminded me of a question a good friend of mine had asked me a couple of times. And I actually didn't have a very good answer for him because he was saying, how do you land? How do you find this this different business ventures that had nothing has nothing to do with your job per se mm. right so he's in IT and he doesn't really necessarily want to start a business relating to IT um, uh. but he, he's interested in you know like that you have a side business or a business venture mm. that's product related that had nothing to do with his day job and he was like how do you how do you find a Out about these things and I think you kind of so when you were talking it reminded me of his question and it kind of you kind of alluded
1: to the fact that it's out of your different relationships isn't it yeah 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 you have to get out in the world like networking you know and hang out with you know big thinkers and interesting people like you know going to Brenda Burchard's events you know you just meet so many different people in all different uh, genres Um, And actually, uh, you know, we have a third partner who is is a technology guy that uh, Karen brought on. And he's great and very similar. And and he just actually left his day job because he's like he's all in with this project. So, yeah, I think you just have to get out and about and not. So once you decide you're a little bit dissatisfied with your job start mingling in the community and and you have to get out of your comfort zone so you're not going to meet them at your local bar or you know where you ride your bike right you know you need to go find groups that are uh, having interesting conversations and i think every town has so many of those you know if you go to the uh you know the chamber of commerce or the business um, page uh, there's lots of different ways that you can do that
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, and read and read a lot. Oh, yes. 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 And read a lot. That's true. Because mm-hmm. you never know. You never actually know when those opportunities, when and where they come from. Right. So No,
1: no, no. You just got to keep your eyes open and um, and then, yeah, yeah, they show up.
0: So um, one last question, Adrian. So if, if, you know, anyone who's listening and thinking, I kind of like that idea of having a portfolio career where I don't have just, mm-hmm. I'm not dependent on one source of income all the time. Yep. Um, and so what might you want? What might you have in terms of an advice for anyone who's thinking this might be the kind of thing that they might want to pursue?
1: Okay. So one, save money (laughs) before you quit so that you've got a little bit of cushion. So you're not making decisions out of desperation. Mm. Um, Second is build up your network. So your in-person networks, your social networks, start to uh, broaden your circles, especially going the area that you're interested in. And then also, if you can start to do some of the upfront work, like incorporating the business coming up with your logo because those things I see when people start a business they procrastinate so they think they're doing work because they're like working on their logo and they're you know do that before you step out and then and then I would say and when you build a for- portfolio business you want to make sure you have between I'd say four and ten different sources of income if you have more than ten you're going to go insane. And if you have less than four, you're going to be at high risk. So for example, really early on in my business, I had one client that basically was, I was almost an employee. I mean, it was like working hundred percent for them. And when they cut back, it was like, you know, and so then I, fortunately business came in right behind it, but it did kind of create that. I'm never doing that again where I get so invested in just one client mm-hmm. that if that went away, it right. really, it just takes a lot. Exactly, so, exactly. Yeah.
0: Well, Adrian, tell us a little, uh, Tell us where we can find you online as well as that latest venture because some people might be interested to find out, uh,
1: I mean, dog lovers, right? Yeah, so- dog lovers, yeah. Yeah, so tornado-marketing.com is my main site. Uh, com is my speaker site. And then I, like the the letter I my, and then K9, K and then nine com is the I my K9 site. I K9. So a, okay. I M Y K nine. Oh gotcha. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know. It's confusing. And then all of the above have, you know, uh, so all the social media. So Facebook, Twitter. I'm bigger on Facebook and Twitter, you know, LinkedIn, of course, but um Facebook and Twitter are where I spend primarily most of my time. I'm still working on Instagram. I'm not sure I'm ever going to go to Snapchat.
0: I'll definitely put the links onto the, you know, uh, on the show notes for this episode. But thank you Great. so much, Adrian. This is so much fun. Thank you thank so you, much. Love. I appreciate it. You can find the show notes for this episode at breaks.com forward slash episode 7. I would love to hear from you there. Leave a comment. Tell me what you think about this episode or about having a portfolio career. My key takeaway from this episode is that we never really know where opportunities will come from. As Adrian says, you want to put yourself out there and be having interesting conversations. If you want to have different and a wide set of opportunities, then you cannot stick with the same old, same old. You can't stay in your comfort zone, right? Um, so that's my takeaway. What about you? What's your takeaway? Again, go to secondbreaks.com forward slash episode seven and leave your comments. I'd really love to hear from you. Next week, our guest is Brenda Peregrine, who is a book coach and a writer's coach. She's going to talk to us about what it takes to write that first book. Because one of the most common dream I hear from folks is the desire to become a writer or to publish their book. So I thought, let's go have a chat with someone who knows what it takes to do that, right? So. Don't forget to subscribe to um, the show on iTunes or your favorite podcast player so as not to miss that episode with Brenda. So I'm signing off for now. I'll chat with you next week. In the meanwhile, keep on making your dent, my friend. Cool beans. This is the Second Breaks podcast.